You're listening to The Healthy Sensitive. Hello and welcome everyone to The Healthy Sensitive, a podcast for highly sensitive people and introverts who are looking to live big and keep their health and their sanity intact all the while. In today's episode, I want to talk a little bit about goals. It's coming up on the first of the new year and it's also coming up at the start of a new decade. It's also an election year, so there's all kinds of potentially new beginnings or potentially more of the samings. It's a time of year when a lot of people like to talk about uh, self-improvement. Oh, this year I'm going to blah, 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 blah. I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to start that new business. I'm going to, I don't know, whatever. I'm going to save up my money. I'm not going to, I'm going to pay off my credit cards. I'm going to go to school, all the things. Fun fact, or maybe not so fun fact. Actually, not a fun fact at all. 80% of people who make New Year's resolutions are unsuccessful and quit by February. Sad, right? Um, But if you think about it, if 80% of people aren't successful at whatever New Year's resolutions they put in place, that means that 20% of people are. So rather than focusing on the 80% of people who, for whatever reason, are unsuccessful, uh, probably because they're setting lofty goals or they're making unrealistic expectations or they're not clear about their reason or their purpose or they're not potentially lining up their goals with their values, any number of things could be going wrong there. Instead, I want to talk about the people who are successful and kind of do a deep dive into what it takes to maybe it won't, it's not like if you follow this prescription, you will ipso facto be successful in terms of outcomes, but these are the behaviors and these are the tools and strategies that are linked with success. So it has the highest correlation. Um, so to begin with, the first thing you need to know if you're hoping to set a goal that you ultimately would like to come to fruition, <clears throat> you need to know, well, you need to know your why. What's the point? So, well, I guess actually the first thing then would be to understand what the goal was. So let's imagine, because this is one I hear as a health coach all the time, let's say that your goal is to lose weight, or at least that's the goal you think you have. I want to lose weight. Okay. Well, how much weight are you hoping to lose? Okay, now insert whatever arbitrary number you might have in mind. 30 pounds, let's say. I want to lose 30 pounds in the next year. It's like, all right, well, that's reasonable. It's little less than a pound a week over the course of the year. So I think that's potentially doable. Um, Depends on how much you weigh now. And well, it depends on all kinds of things, really. But okay, so fine, you have your number. Why? And this is the tricky part, because a lot of times, especially with something like weight, or with money, people don't necessarily have the answer. So they'll say, well, I want more energy. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Weight loss and increased energy are not synonymous. There are plenty of things you can do to lose weight that will not, by any stretch of the imagination, give you energy. For example, starving yourself. Not going to help at all in the energy department. Probably shouldn't surprise you. It will decrease your energy. 
but you will lose weight. Not a good idea to try and just say, oh, well, I'm going to lose weight because that will give me energy. Instead, then, if what you're really after is the energy, well, then that's what you should be focusing on, ways to increase your energy. And it is true. The kinds of things that increase your energy include exercise and eating a healthy diet. And eating healthy diet can mean different things depending on what your circumstances are. You know, you'd, people can say things like, soda is terrible for you. Well, yeah, that's true. Maybe unless you're, I don't know, running an ultra marathon, in which case those little sports drinks that people are given and those little goo packets are straight up sugar and they're no more quote unquote healthy in the traditional sense than any kind of soda you would find in the soda dispensary. But when you're running 30 to 50 miles, your glycogen stores go, you know, they deplete so rapidly that it actually ends up being a great idea to have soda. So I guess what I'm getting at here is you, the, the outcome that you're looking to have is important, but the why is even more important because it will give you clues as to how you should execute whatever plan it is you want to put in place. In a similar fashion, let's say it's like, I want to save up more money. It's like, well, that's great. Why? How much money are you looking to save, first of all, and why? What is it that you see happening on the other side of less weight, more money, improved? Like, what is it that's going to be on the other side of the thing it is that you're trying to do? Because if you don't have a compelling why, the effort that you're going to have to put forth to make a goal come to fruition and turn into the outcome that you're hoping to get, well, the likelihood it goes down markedly, and you would hope it would. So anyway, let's give an example. Let's say, uh, in my case, over the course of the next year, there's all kinds of things I want to put in place. I want to make sure that I've got more online courses that are available for people who might be interested in them. I want to put forth, I want to continue the... Um, you know, the commitment I have to putting out a podcast every week, and I want to put forth more resources, and I really want to write a book. Those are all great things. Now, let's just take the book on itself, like all by itself. Why do I want to write a book? Well, I've always wanted to write a book. Okay, well, so then it's an ego thing. Well, no, it's not an ego thing. I've always wanted to, I mean, I love writing. Writing in and of itself makes me happy. Okay, so now we're getting somewhere. You want to write a book because the act of writing makes you happy. So why a book and not a blog or a podcast, or not a podcast, like a, a blog or a series of essays, or why not just write in a journal? Well, because I love to write, and I'm not saying that I write well, but I find tremendous joy in writing, and I also find joy in connecting with people who identify as not necessarily having to self-identify as being a highly sensitive person. That, I think, is kind of a narrow way of identifying oneself. But when I meet people who describe their experience of the world and it mirrors back at me something close to, so it resembles that which I experience, it's, it's like coming home. There are a handful of people that I've met just in my friends' circle who can identify with having the traits of one who has a highly sensitive nervous system. And there's a sense, it's like wrapping one myself in a, in a weighted blanket or something. It feels like a giant hug, like, oh, I'm not alone. That feels wonderful. Ah. And 
a number of those that I've spoken with over the past, you know, several, several, several years about this topic, when they discover that they have this trait, or at the very least that they have some of the traits that are linked with high sensitivity, I often hear the same exhale of relief that I feel internally for myself or felt internally when I identified or discovered that this was a trait that sort of fit me or fit my experience. And it's, and a lot of the folks that I speak to have the same grievances. They'll say, God, you know, it just feels like they might say that, God, I'm really lonely. It feels like no one gets me. I feel like an alien. And sometimes that's not a problem. Some people have moved beyond that point. They're just sort of shrugging it off and saying, well, that's fine. I mean, okay, so I feel like an alien. No biggie. I don't maybe need to be understood. Maybe that isn't a problem. But for a lot of people, it is a problem because they still want to find a way to make a living. They still want to find a way to connect and create community. And they're trying to find a way that they can do that without feeling completely depleted and drained. And they're tired of having to choose between having a successful life based on the criteria set forth by our culture or having a kind of isolated life that at least gives them the opportunity to stay charged, but nevertheless gives them a sense of isolation and loneliness. And then, of course, there's when they try and meet new people and, and adhere to the cultural protocols, and then they still feel lonely, which is, of course, the worst possible outcome. I did all the things I said I was supposed to do, and I still feel completely alone, even though I'm surrounded by people. That's a horrible, terrible feeling. And so... For me, whether I'm podcasting or whether I'm writing or whether I'm coaching, I want to help people who might be out there and who might be thinking, God, there's might be there's I feel like there's something wrong with me. And I want to maybe just somebody stumbles on something that I've produced or maybe a piece of writing that I've put out and they think, oh, this girl gets it. And maybe that's not where they stop. Maybe it's just the introduction to then a whole world of you know, self-inquiry that they begin on. But if I'm a part of that process, I mean, I want to help people who might be in that set of circumstances. So that's a powerful why for me. That's the why that gets me when I'm starting to fall asleep in bed and I remember, no, I, I didn't do the podcast this week. And in fact, that's kind of where I'm at now. It's like 9.38, wherever. I don't know where it is you are or what part of the country slash world slash whatever. But it's 9.38 and I would really rather be taking a bath on some level. At least my body would. But it's Monday and I promised. I promised myself that I would put out a podcast every week. And obviously if I'm really ill or if there's a really good and compelling reason why that can't be done, that's fine. But just, but I don't feel like it. Doesn't feel like a compelling enough reason. And continuing the conversation about what it's like to have a highly sensitive nervous system in a world that well, at least in a country that's sort of spastic and constantly vying for my attention and trying to get me to, you know, see sparkly things and, and get distracted, all the all that good stuff, right? Um, that's, to be a person who's in that set of circumstances isn't ideal. And yet, I've found a way to groove with it, to dance with it, and even a way to enjoy it. So I want to continue that conversation. How do you do that? How do you dance with this? in a world that sets the beat of, like, sets the tempo at a pace that maybe not, doesn't always match with the tempo I would prefer? What are tools that I can take with me so that I don't have to abstain from dancing altogether? 
and can still enjoy myself. So at any rate, that's my why. You gotta have a good why. That's a good why for me. So think about what is it that you really want to see happen? And again, of course, a lot of people talk, especially given that I'm a health coach, as well as a life coach, a big thing that comes up over and over is fitness, weight loss, nutrition. You get the idea. So fine. Whatever it is you might want to see changes in, great. Be clear about what it is you want to see happen. And more importantly still, be very clear on your why. There are people who have said, you know, I would really love to lose weight. I just, I remember what it felt like to just feel at home in my own skin. And I haven't felt that in a while. And I know that before, when I was at a weight that fit me, like it just felt good. I, you know, I was, I lived my life very differently. It, It was all, it just felt great. I was like, fabulous. What is it specifically about the weight loss that is so compelling? Interestingly, most of the time people can't answer that question. Most of the time it comes back to, I want there to be less pressure on my joints, or I want to feel good in my own skin, or I want to have more energy. I want to be a better parent to my kids. I want to be a good role model. Okay, great. But, and this is part of why that other 80% tend not to be successful. They set these lofty goals and they don't have a compelling reason to to pursue them and to really stick to them. It's like, I wanna lose weight. Okay, cool, what are you gonna get once you've lost the weight that you don't have now? (laughs) Nothing. It's like, well then why the hell do you think that it's gonna work? My God, why would would you want it to? (laughs) Like, what are you gonna get out of that deal? But let's say, okay, so you've got your why. You've got the thing you wanna change and you've got your why. Awesome. Now you need to know your how. How are you going to make this happen? There was a great TED talk and they had, the gentleman was had up on the stage, uh, people play a game of tug of war. And he said, and he gave weight management as the example, I think primarily because it's a really great, it's a great example of an outcome that in order to be successful, you really need a lot of pieces in place. And so he's like, okay, great. So we're going to go into a weight loss camp, if you will. And at this camp, I think he was kind of mirroring it after the concept of biggest loser, but without the pain and heartache and misery and, um, you know, torture that comes with that particular show. But it's like, all right, so you've gone to a place. The goal is to lose some weight. Fabulous. Is there someone that's going to be there to coach you and tell you what to do? Yeah, there is. Great. Do you have specific goals? Do you have a means of monitoring your progress? Is your environment situated for success? Do you have reward systems in place? And so on and so forth. And all of those pieces are in place when you're in a a space that's solely designed for you to achieve your goal. Okay, so you've got all that, but as soon as you go back home, are all those things in place? Probably not. So those people who are successful, they set up their own environment at home to mirror back at them, well, not mirror back at them, they set up all of these pieces so that they're going to increase the likelihood of their success. And so I'm just going to kind of run down all of what those pieces entail. Um, And you might remember, I've I've included some of this in my How to Be a Highly Sensitive Superhero course, um, part one. And this is sort of laying down the foundation. And a lot of the stuff that I cover in that foundational element is is evidence-based behavioral skills. So first, I use stronger, so S, set a goal or a specific goal. 
And it's not just, I want to, I don't know. I want to earn a million dollars. That's like, I mean, I guess that's kind of specific, but that's not something that you can make happen. I can't just make poof million dollars happen. You want the specific goal to be actionable. So instead of I'm going to lose weight, which is an outcome, or I'm going to get a million dollars, which again is an outcome, it's I'm going to do the following thing. I'm going to exercise 20 minutes, five days a week. That's my action goal. Um, I'm going to make five calls every day. It might be cold calls, but I'm going to make them every day. See, now that's an actionable goal. It's something you have direct influence over. So that's great. You've got your goal. Fabulous. Um, you want a means of tracking your progress. You want to be able to say, okay, this is, you know, like, um, if, if you don't monitor what it is you're doing, the likelihood of it being successful goes down pretty significantly. So how are you going to know that you were successful? You can mark it on a calendar. You can mark it on an app. There are habit trackers now. I mean, you name it, somebody's done it. The next is having, um, oh, let's see here, like recruiting support. You want there to be people in your corner who are capable of supporting you. And again, you want the support to come in the form of either a change agent, change agent, a change partner. So that's someone who's with you along the way. You're, you're engaging in this new thing together. So maybe you're both starting a business. That's part of why there are so many networking groups that are available. That's why there's a chamber. There, these things are, are built around the concept that people do better job, better when they, they, um, they work together. Uh, you want to organize your environment. So if you want to lose weight and you have Twinkies and Ho-Hos in your cupboard, guess what you're going to be eating? Probably not broccoli. Because that's not how human bodies are built. Human bodies are built to go for what's calorie dense, delicious, <laughs> um, and quick and easy. That's how our brains are wired. That doesn't mean we don't have the capacity to turn it down. But why? Why put yourself through that? Why make yourself exert that much willpower when you could just situate your environment, like cut up the vegetables, cut up the fruit so that that becomes the easier option. Um, and then there's having a, uh, a nourish. So I use, this isn't part of necessarily the behavioral based skills, but I like that I include this one. You want to nourish your body as well as your mind. So if you're trying to lose weight, that's great. But don't just think about the thing that you're trying to remove in your life. Think about things that you're adding. So if you're trying to build a business, don't just make it about punishing yourself and putting yourself to the grind. I hear so many business professionals talk about like, just grind it out, push it, crush it, go for it. That's not really going to work for highly sensitive people. Or maybe it will work for some, but it never worked for me. You have to think of it instead as how do I create the, a system that feels nourishing to me? It feels like it's something I want to do. I'm compelled to do. Now, to be fair to some of those other crush it folks, they love doing that thing and that works for their temperament. So I'm not saying don't do that to everybody. I'm just saying that particular mentality doesn't often work as well for highly sensitive people. So you want to be able to have uh, a nourishing system in place. So that's true. If you're trying to lose weight, don't focus on the things not to eat. Focus on the healthy foods that taste delicious and make you feel good when you eat them. If you're trying to save money, 
Don't just focus on what not to spend money on. Focus on where you want to strategically spend your money so that whatever it is you spend it on brings you joy. Um, you also want to... Monitor, Ranger World, recruits. Oh, and then rewards. You want to have rewards in place. So the rewards a lot of people will put together for themselves are outcome-based. So as soon as I lose the weight, I'll take myself on a cruise. Or as soon as I earn a million dollars, I'll buy myself a blah, blah, blah. That's all well and good, but that's not really how habits stick. So a better strategy is to reward the behaviors themselves. So instead of just going and being like, I'm super awesome, I made my weight goal, so therefore I get a reward. Well, you didn't actually have, I mean, you certainly influenced your weight loss in some capacity, but you, you can't get on the scale and, and convince it to move. That's not really how that works. I know, I've tried. So it's not like I can barter, like, come on, man, I was really good this week. Can't you give me a break? No, but I do have direct influence on what I eat, what I drink, how I move, how much I sleep. So those are the things that you want to reward. So every time you go to the gym, what can you reward yourself with? Some people, and it has to be something that you can actually afford, either energetically, monetarily, etc. So one thing that people will do is they've set it up so every time they go to the gym, they'll see their trainer and they give a high five. That's how simple the reward can be. But it has to be every time you finish it. It can also be every time I track my calories, I move a dollar over from my checking account to my savings account. And then that amount of money adds up over a course of time. And then you can purchase something really lovely for yourself. It just depends. Now, as far as what constitutes a reward for yourself, this is when I like to go into things like the love languages as a useful tool. So are you the kind, like the love languages, there are five of them and it's physical touch, so if you're someone who really likes a physical touch, a high five, maybe asking for a hug from your partner or from a loved one, um, or when you're transferring that dollar over from your checking to your savings, maybe you add that all up and you take yourself out and get yourself a massage. So that's if you're more of a physical touch person. If you're more of a tangible gifts, well, it's same concept. You can sort of move money into your ch- from your checking to your savings account and then give yourself a nice gift. If you're more of a words of affirmation, That's when doing things like daily affirmations is really helpful. A lot of research shows that affirmations can work against you if the affirmation you choose isn't something you truly believe. So it has to be something you believe and you have to be the kind of person who, uh, I don't want to say is susceptible to that. That makes it sound bad. Um, Who's open and who appreciates words of affirmation. And there's acts of service. So maybe you delegate out. You say, hey, every time I go to the gym, I'm going to ask my hubby, hey, can you do blah, blah, blah? Do the dishes, take the trash out, whatever. I don't really care. But acts of service is something where it's like, I'd like you to do this thing for me. (laughs) So let's see if I got them all. It was physical touch, acts of service, tangible gifts, affirmations. There's one I'm missing. Oh, of course, quality time. And quality time can mean time with someone that you love. It can also mean quality time by yourself. I find this one to be true with a lot of highly sensitive people. So every time that you do something that's like rewarding, it's, you know, I've talked about this with regard to networking and relationship building, you know, make it so that you have to earn your alone time. It's like, yeah, just go out and do one social thing. Most of the time, 
I find that when I do those things, I come back feeling great about having done it. So it's not like I, I'm punishing myself with social activities and then I, I've earned the right to alone time. It's more of a, by gently pushing myself to engage in social activities, I'm sort of working out that muscle and it feels even better when I come home and I'm alone. So I'm, I'm trying to to gently push against my tendencies. It's a similar kind of concept to, I mean, most human beings are programmed to be lazy because our brains are trying to get us to conserve as much energy as possible. So we have to gently push against that and gently sort of can go to work out even if we might be reluctant or resistant. Same idea. So these are the examples of the kinds of rewards that you can give yourself with. Give yourself with. Well, you can gift yourself with. Anyway, so... That kind of boils, that brings it all down to, okay, so what is the thing you want to do? What is your why? And how are you going to do it? And those are all the pieces that you can put in place. The next piece I'm going to ask you about, though, and you can even maybe start with this. You want to ask yourself about your values. This comes up a lot in many podcasts about self-improvement, but, and I'm, of course, going to regurgitate it here. You guys can hang. I believe in you. Um, What are your highest and greatest values? I talk about it pretty frequently. I can tell you some of mine. Like, I really value my relationships. I value my health. I value purposeful work and creativity. Um, I value service. And, you know, I value integrity. And integrity is really about living in alignment with one's values. So if I, you know, say I value my health, but I don't take care of my body, well, that's gonna, that's gonna be extremely painful. So, when I go out and do healthy things, part of it's vanity, you know, I want to be fit. I want to, you know, it's sort of like the ego going through and being like, I can lift this much weight, whereas I was only able to lift that other kind of weight before. I'm so good, you know, so some of it's just vanity. But a lot of it is, I only get so far as I know, I'm only ever going to be me one time. This is one opportunity. I have been given a gift of this pretty extraordinary spacesuit. And I know what it's like to have my extraordinary nervous system. And I know what it's like to have my extraordinary set of circumstances in my life. And that feels pretty good. I, I kind of want to take care of it. Partially because, I mean, I'm a living creature that doesn't necessarily want to die. So we could go there. I'm trying to prolong my life because I'm terrified of death. I'm sure that's a part of it. But it's also just, it feels so damn good. I like feeling good. I like when I have energy and I don't like when I don't. (laughs) So taking care of myself feels nice. In a similar fashion with my relationships, it's like there are times when that phone rings and I don't want to pick it up, but I do because Dems are my people. And so I pick up that phone. But of course I have to balance those two things. This is actually getting to why I think it's so important to think about your values. Often when goals don't come to fruition, a good chunk of the reason is not because we lack willpower or we lack the tenacity or even the resiliency or or the desire or whatever. It has more to do with the fact that there's something competing in terms of a powerful force with our desire to meet that goal. So as an example, I value my health and I value my relationships. Sometimes I'm going to have to choose. I can't do both. Sometimes I'm going to have to say to my friend, I love you so much, but I'm exhausted and I don't have the bandwidth to have this conversation. 
And so I'm going to have to call you tomorrow. And maybe not those words, but on some level, that's what's happening internally. It's like, I love you. I love you like crazy, but I'm not going to be any good to you today. And so I have to be willing to make that call. And there are other days when I maybe don't feel like it, but it's like, all right, I have to have more of an internal pep talk of like, okay, Leah, check it out. I don't care. I get that you're tired, but you love this person. And sometimes you're just going to have to suck it up. And then I do. Same thing with your goal. If you have a goal to write a book, but you also, and you value purposeful work and creativity, but you also really value your relationships and your kids, you only get a limited amount of time with your kids or with your spouse or whoever. Those are going to be competing values. So it's useful to really hone in on what your values are because then it's, it's, it gets clearer. What is really keeping me from moving forward in this particular goal? Sometimes it's just going to be you're terrified of success. But sometimes it's going to be, oh, I, I'm being asked to compromise one set of values for another. And that's a painful compromise to make. So it's useful to be clear about what your values are so that you can be better clear about what may be stopping you or what may be propelling you to move forward. And then finally, I would say whatever it is that your, your goal is or the, the actions that you set up, make it fun. Don't make it something that's dreary and awful and boring and miserable. That's a terrible idea. Why would you do that thing? Like, why set a goal to do something awful? That's a waste of time. That's kind of like I said earlier, you only, to, as far as we know, you only get this one chance in this one body. And even if there's a heaven, I mean, you're not likely going to be in heaven as this person. And if there's not a heaven, well, that was your shot, pal. Uh, how do you feel about giving it up? I mean, so we don't know what happens after this. So far as we know, this is it enjoy your life. So find a way to marry pleasure, enjoyment, and play with whatever goal it is you're setting for yourself. Another way of putting this without being quite so woo-woo is gamify it. Do something that makes it feel like it's part of a game. That's a term that's used a lot in the tech industry. It's part of why apps that we play can be so addictive. They figured out how to gamify it. I'm studying Spanish right now and Duolingo and Memrise are great at this because they're setting up point systems and they can see me. I'm in certain um, leagues and that's like if you're the top 10, then you get to advance into the next league and it's super awesome and blah, 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 blah. They've hacked it. They get they totally get me. My little competitive streak comes out. So these are the things I wanted to share with you, my dear, sweet HSP introverts, (laughs) Uh, because Often when we set goals for ourselves, we can be really hard on ourselves when we don't meet the goal that we've set. Most people are, but HSPs, I think, have a tendency to be a little bit more intense about it. So I want to give the tools that are going to make you, give you the best chance at success. And I also want to challenge you in whatever it is you decide to embark on to make it something that feels good while you're doing it. So if you want to exercise more, choose something that feels like physical play. If you want to lose weight, Okay, yeah, whatever. I mean, I guess that's fine. Or if you want to get more money, there's nothing wrong with wanting more money. But make the actions that you're taking to get there delightful. If not delightful, then like invigorating. Something that feels productive and feels like it looks like you. Feels like it looks like you. I'm on a roll today. Anyway, so... With all of that in mind, just letting you know, if ever you feel like you want support around your goals, or if there was maybe something that you listened to during this podcast and you thought, 
you know, I kind of want to know more about that, or I feel like I need a little bit of support, always feel free to send me an email. I'm always also willing to do, I mean, anytime I engage with a, in a coaching session, I always give one complimentary intro session. So if you just kind of want to get a sense of what a coaching session would be like, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. And if it's like, no, nah, I don't really want to do coaching, but I do have a question. As I said, please don't hesitate. I love hearing from you. You know, anytime I get an email, it, it's an opportunity for me to sort of do a deeper dive into that conversation. So always, always, always love to hear from you. And outside of that, I think that pretty much takes care of housekeeping. Um, stay tuned to updates that are going to be coming. I have mentioned that there are going to be some live courses I'll be doing. I will be doing, I'll be updating that pretty shortly with the holidays that have been going. It's been a little cray cray. So I'm, uh, it's still on the way. I'm chiseling like with a little ice pick ever so gradually and making some progress. But I was fortunate enough to have my mom and my niece come and visit me. And so I was um, thoroughly distracted in the best possible way. Yeah, so with that in mind, I promise though new updates are coming. I think that takes care of it. I hope you have a fabulous week. And since I won't be hearing from you or talking to you until next Monday, have a very happy new year. Bye-bye.